This is Radio Health Journal. I'm Reed Pence. This week, EpiPen price hikes, a complete explanation. It is a life-saving drug. There's just no question about it. And if you've seen someone in anaphylaxis get epinephrine and see how quickly they get better, you realize how important it is for them to have it with them at all times. The economics of allergies, when Radio Health Journal returns. We want to keep our kids safe, especially on the road where risk is greatest. Hi, I'm Debbie Herzman, President of the National Safety Council, and this is your Safety Minute. Knowing that car crashes are the leading killer of children is scary. Fortunately, car seats can dramatically reduce the risks, but only if used properly. So remember, use a child restraint device that is appropriate for the child's weight, height, and age until a standard seat belt fits correctly. Use a rear-facing car seat at least through two years of age. And remember, little eyes are always watching. Buckle up every trip, every time. Follow these simple tips to help keep your precious cargo safe on the road. Safety Minute is brought to you by the National Safety Council and Volkswagen Group of America. Allergies are extremely common. About 55% of Americans test positive to one or more allergen. But some allergies are more serious than others, according to Dr. Aaron Carroll, professor of pediatrics at the Indiana University School of Medicine. The vast majority of them are really just sort of rashes or itching or things that might bother us a little bit. But about 1% to 2% of people might have what's a severe allergic reaction, which we would call anaphylaxis, which involves not just the symptoms I described before, but also a closing off of the airways and difficulty breathing. And that, of course, would be a serious emergency and something we'd want to take care of immediately. Doctors usually take care of it by administering a drug called epinephrine. Epinephrine is a hormone that is secreted by your adrenal glands, and it does much of what we often think of as the fight-or-flight response. So it would constrict your blood vessels, it would get your heart pumping faster, it might dilate pupils, but most importantly, it also opens up the airways. And that's the thing we're most concerned about, because as the airways constrict with anaphylaxis, we want to reopen them, and that's what epinephrine would do. Insect stings and food allergies are the biggest causes of life-threatening allergic reactions. About 8% of children and adolescents in the United States have food allergies, and more than a third of those kids have a history of severe reactions. Each year, food allergies result in about 200,000 visits to the emergency room, and it doesn't take much to do it, according to Dr. Thomas Casali, professor of pediatrics and medicine at the University of South Florida and executive vice president of the American Academy of Allergy, Asthma, and Immunology just an accidental exposure or cross-contamination where somebody had a particular food and you get some of that food in yours from using the same dish or using the same pot or sharing a fork or something like that. Closing down can be very fast, you know, to the point where people will panic and it can be a life-threatening emergency very quickly, which is why people want to have epinephrine. Sometimes it can be a bit slower and last 15 minutes or to half an hour or even longer. It just can be a slow process. Once you actually give the epinephrine, relief is pretty quick. You know, usually within seconds to minutes, it is a life-saving drug. There's just no question about it. And if you've seen someone in anaphylaxis get epinephrine and see how quickly they get better, you realize how important it is for them to have it with them at all. That's why many people with severe allergies carry epinephrine injectors to work or school or wherever they go. 
Many people know the devices simply as EpiPens, the brand name of what's by far the biggest seller of the two on the market. Carol says they're much easier to use than a normal syringe. It is difficult to draw up epinephrine and to then give yourself a syringe, especially if you're going through anaphylaxis. And expecting people around you to be able to do that would be very difficult as well. You know, they might fumble, they might break the vial, the vials could break on its own. Epinephrine really degrades pretty quickly. So, you know, every year it would need to be replaced even in an EpiPen. The beauty of the EpiPen is that it's relatively simple to use. You basically pull off the safety cap at the top, you jab it into your leg, and it administers the correct dose. That's it. You don't have to worry about drawing it up. You don't have to worry about getting it in the right place. You can even hand it to someone. They can look at the instructions on the side, pull off the top, look where the needle is, jab it into the leg in a, in a motion, and that's it. So you're paying for the ease. You're paying for the simplicity. You're paying for the idea that we're going to get it right every time. Some people with severe food allergies can count a dozen or more times that they might have died without them. Even Congress has recognized their value. Legislation has encouraged this because FDA guidelines increased years ago said that we should start buying two instead of one, and that's when Mylan stopped even selling a single pack. They only sell them in twos, so that allowed them to effectively double the price. Schools can actually be prioritized in some of the money that they receive in terms of grants if they stock EpiPens at the school. So there's just a lot of push some by legislation, some by recommendations, some certainly by advertising, to try to get people to buy more EpiPens. Like steps to increase the availability of epinephrine auto-injectors in schools, for example, or on ambulances, because this is something that you need to have access to immediately, or on airplanes. So trying to get this life-saving drug available to individuals who might not have an epinephrine auto-injector available but have a situation that they need the medication quickly is one that, as a professional medical society, the American Academy of Allergy, Asthma, and Immunology has advocated for, and Congress has supported that. There's no doubt the devices save lives, but the question lately is, at what price? Carol says that epinephrine itself is cheap. There's less than a dollar's worth in each injector. And when EpiPens came on the market in 1977, the cost was relatively low. But nine years ago, EpiPen's rights were bought by a new owner. When Mylan purchased the EpiPen in 2007, I think they sold for about $57 each. They're now only sold in twin packs. But the price of an EpiPen has gone up more than 450% since they purchased it. And now, as we said, it costs costs wholesale, the EpiPen itself, more than $600 for a twin pack in the United States. Carol says that might be a little more palatable if EpiPens were a single one-time purchase. But many users want to have them readily available at places they spend a fair amount of time. Home and work, and for children, school, and maybe grandma's house. So they need to buy several. What's more, you have to keep buying each of them over and over, even if you don't use them. Epinephrine degrades pretty rapidly over time. And after a year, it doesn't really have the potency that we need to have in order to make sure that we're going to counteract an anaphylactic reaction. So even in an EpiPen, it needs to be replaced every year. If you keep it in a syringe, it actually degrades over the course of months. You would need to replace it even more often. So it's not one of those medications you can buy you know, and stick on the shelf and know that you're good forever. If you need to have a certain number of EpiPens, you need to buy them every year. EpiPen price hikes are a good lesson in the economics of health care, where price doesn't matter. People whose life may depend on having a product are often willing to pay almost anything to get it. 
And in the case of epinephrine injectors, there's very little competition to keep prices down. A number of companies have tried. There were some more competitors back in the mid-2000s when this first existed, but there wasn't a ton of money being made on the EpiPen, and so a lot of the competitors dropped out. And then as Mylan started the market and pushed the EpiPen and the price went up and up, a number of competitors appeared, but some had problems that caused them to withdraw from the market. Some have just had real difficulty getting FDA approval. So Teva Pharmaceuticals, which wanted to sell a generic, has attempted for some time and tried again with the FDA this year but got denied. Another company that was trying to bring a competitor to market got denied. There still is one competitor left, but they have almost no name recognition and almost no market share. And they're not on formulary for many insurance plans because of that. So when you look and see which of these will my insurance cover, it's often the EpiPen. If a doctor writes a prescription for an EpiPen, the pharmacy can't just switch it out to another competitor, even if they're cheaper, because that is not a generic and they're not substitutable. There are two products on the market now, EpiPen and Adrenal Click. I think EpiPen, because it's been around so long, is typically the one that most physicians and patients are used to, so it's frequently prescribed, even though it's more expensive than the adrenal click. But they're both very expensive, so that the cash price of EpiPen would be almost $600, but the cash price of an adrenal click is still $450, roughly. The manufacturer of EpiPen says it issues coupons that reduce the out-of-pocket cost to nothing for most people with insurance. But Carol says there are problems with that argument. There are a lot of holes in that. One is if you have government insurance, it's actually illegal to use a coupon. So that's right off the bat. The second is if you're uninsured, as they just said, the coupon doesn't apply at all. So you wind up paying the full price of the drug. If you have a high deductible health care plan, you still have to pay for the copay even if the coupon is gone. So even if they reduce the price by a couple hundred dollars, you still have to pay three, four hundred dollars for the EpiPen, even with the coupon. But the big thing is that the coupon only works for the copay. It still cost the insurance company $600. And because of that, that drives up the premiums and how much we all have to pay for insurance across the board. So it might shield you in the short term from some part of your copay, depending upon what insurance you have. But the full cost of it is certainly still being borne by patients overall through increased premiums and insurance costs. Mylan blames high deductible insurance plans for the problem rather than the price of the drug. In response to the outcry, they've recently announced the availability of a generic version, and Kasali says doctors are glad to see it. Well, I do think it'll make a difference. I think we're all happy that that's occurring, although the price could probably still be much lower as far as what we'd like to see. They used to cost about $100, you know, less than 10 years ago, and the device and medicine really hasn't changed. So... It would be nice if we can get that price down a little bit lower, but certainly that will help a number of patients, especially for those that may have to pay out of pocket. For some of those patients, Casali says the price is still too high, and they're forced to either go without or look for lower-cost alternatives. In the case of an epinephrine auto-injector, where it's something that you need immediately and can be life-saving, that's especially a difficult situation. And that's the time when I think physicians are trying to do their best and work with patients to either get them coupons or even though not optimal, perhaps getting an epinephrine ampule, filling a syringe and wrapping it in a foil and giving it to them and instructing them how to use it because at least they have something. 
And, of course, the cost of that would be way less. We can teach an adult to do it, but it's hard to see a child should be able to do that. In fact, very few children probably could. And then relying on the idea that if a child was having an anaphylactic reaction, that the friend's parent, if they were at a friend's house, could do it, or the teacher could do it, or the camp counselor could do it, or the coach could do it. That's not something we can necessarily assume. Moreover, syringes can break, as can vials. You know, they're not as hardy as EpiPens. And if you draw epinephrine into a syringe, it doesn't even last a year. It can actually only last a couple of months. Congress has started looking into the issue of why EpiPen prices have gone up so fast. And Carol says the number of similar cases may begin to force the hand of pharmaceutical makers. If they don't do something to cut the cost of medications, Congress will. You can find out more about all of our guests on our website, RadioHealthJournal.net. I'm Reed Pence. Radio Health Journal returns with medical notes in just a moment. When your blood, tissue, or biopsy is sent to the lab, it's examined by a doctor you may never meet, but who may make a life-and-death diagnosis. That doctor is a pathologist. A pathologist is a physician whose unique skills are critical factors in your health care. Dr. Richard Friedberg is the president of the College of American Pathologists. Pathologists are the scientists of medicine. We convert medical data from a tissue sample into usable medical information by asking the right questions. The most important questions are the ones that have not been asked. Pathologists ask questions like, what further tests should be run? What other diagnoses should be considered? What do we not see that should be there? And we must constantly look back to improve health by asking about those that don't get well, as well as those who do. This culture of rigorous thought and curiosity drives pathologists, to be precise, to ask and answer those extra questions and to get your lab results right. For more information, go to yourpathologist.org. Medical Notes this week. We've all heard about good cholesterol, but a very large new study suggests that you can have too much of a good thing. The study in the Clinical Journal of the American Society of Nephrology shows that both low and very high levels of HDL, or good cholesterol, are associated with an increased risk of early death. Researchers admit they're surprised by the findings. Previously, doctors had thought that the more good cholesterol people have, the more it could counteract plaque-building bad cholesterol. Now they admit more studies are needed. If you want to learn something, scientists say get some sleep. And now a new study suggests that you'll learn even better if you sleep in between study sessions. Research in the journal Psychological Science shows that sleep makes it easier to recall what you've studied and relearn what you've forgotten even six months later. And finally, if you like bananas, you'd better enjoy them now. A fungal disease called Sigatoka is already reducing banana yields by 40%. And a study in the journal PLOS Genetics finds that fungal diseases have recently evolved to become more lethal to bananas. Scientists are scurrying to develop more disease-resistant plants, but if they fail, the banana industry could be wiped out in the next 5 to 10 years. And that's Medical Notes this week. More in a moment. Thank you for listening to Radio Health Journal, a production of MediaTrax Communications. If you enjoyed this week's show, please leave a review on iTunes or share it with a friend. You can find more Radio Health Journal stories about health, science, and technology on iTunes, Stitcher, and at RadioHealthJournal.net.